Hello, my fellow Warzone Warriors. Welcome to the Warzone Podcast, where we will be discussing all things Warzone, whether it's strategies, reviewing top streamers and how they play the game, or just go over future possibilities and finding new ways to play the game. My mission is to bring a little bit of Warzone hype wherever you are with the podcast, because I know what it's like to be away from the game that you just want to get home and play already. Believe me, I know that feeling. But with that being said, my name is Badger, and welcome to the episode number one of the Warzone podcast. And in today's topics, we're going to cover our top eight guns we would like to see make a comeback from previous CODs, as well as how to find the best loadout that works for you. Because let's face it, finding the perfect loadout is hard. You can also find uh, you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter under the name Badger underscore 1999 underscore. That's all caps, by the way as well as Twitch at twitch.tv slash badger underscore 1999 underscore and YouTube at badger underscore 1999 underscore. Now that all of that is out of the way, let's get started right now. Welcome to Badger's Drop Zone. Real quick, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Uh, our sponsor for today's podcast is Burgertown. Burgertown is a Russian-based burger chain that is 100% real beef with non-added GMOs, and the meat comes packed fresh, not frozen, to restaurants near you. So what are you waiting for? Burgertown patties are never cooked in a microwave. Only the finest skillets are used to make the burgerlicious meat that we put inside of our customers. That's what she said. Okay, so for our topic today, like I said, we're going to be going over uh, the eight guns that we think should be in Warzone today, uh, whether it's from past Modern Warfares, which is, you know, spoiler alert, uh, mostly all the guns on the list are from past Modern Warfares because, let's face it, Modern Warfare is kind of the best Call of Duties out of the series. That's just my opinion. But, you know, if, if we were going to go, it, the list isn't in any order. It's just... Um, I just put it together. I mean, it's not, like I said, it's not in any order. It's just guns from past Modern Warfares that I think we all sincerely miss and would love to see, you know, be re, be re, uh, be resurrected into the new game. So um, let's go ahead and kick off the list, shall we? So for the first gun, um, I picked the Vector from Modern Warfare 2. I mean, what what can I say about the Vector? I mean... That was one of the most, I think that was the first um, Call of Duty that introduced the Vector, if I'm correct. And uh, I remember everybody was freaking out about that gun for a period of time, saying that that was the best uh, gun in the game because of its fire rate and its ability to just absolutely shred nerds. Um, that was a very fun gun to use. Um, another thing was that the Vector, when you had it fully kitted out, oh man, bro, that was, it was over, dude. I mean, it was just such a good gun to use. I don't. I mean, I don't really know what else to say uh, about the Vector. I mean, besides it looking so fucking unique, and you know, when you put a suppressor on a heartbeat sensor on that thing, that's what I used to use. I used um, suppressor and a heartbeat sensor. You know, with like a red dot. I think I don't remember how many attachments you could have on a gun, but I know suppressor and an optic was the way to go. Um, at least for me, with the Vector. Um, so with that being said about the vector, let's go ahead and move on to number two, which is going to be one of the most iconic sniper rifles in modern warfare history, which would be the, you already guessed it, the intervention. Now, how many, how many fucking trick shot videos have you seen? Probably a thousand. Now, let me ask you this. 
what sniper are they using in those videos? You're goddamn right. It's the intervention from Modern Warfare 2. I mean, what else do you need to say about this gun other than the fact that it was the trick-shotting go-to sniper rifle of the decade? And I would love nothing more than to see the intervention make a comeback into Modern Warfare um, for Warzone. And you know how fucking... I mean, look, here's the thing, okay? A lot of people don't understand this. Nostalgia sells. So if they were to bring in the intervention, even if the... Even even if... Look, even if they put it in a uh, pack in the store, at the COD store, you know people would buy that shit in a heartbeat. I mean, people bought Modern Warfare 2 Remastered in a heartbeat. I mean, nostalgia sells. So you bring back such a a gun that means every means everything to everybody... I mean, you're you're in business, so you know I don't I can't tell you how many 360 no scopes YY fakies that I never pulled off, but I will surely tell you that I definitely tried, and I know you did too, but I was never one to be able to pull them off. Those fucking 360 YY fakies, fucking throwing knives across the map, no scope, and then gets a headshot, and then the entire lobby just going crazy. Exactly like that. I mean, those were the days, man. Modern Warfare 2 were the days when it came to trick shotting. I mean, I think that's where trick shotting really came, uh, really got its popularity. I think there was some trick shotting in the first Modern Warfare, but from what I remember, all the trick shotting got really popular in Modern Warfare 2, and that was, <laughs> those were the days, man. So moving on to number three on my list, I have the AA-12 that was in Modern Warfare 2 and 3. The AA-12 was one of my favorite shotguns to use in the game. Um, I remember, I think around that time, I might be wrong. I'm probably going to be wrong on this one. All you gun nuts might know this better than me. So if I'm wrong, please let me know. Don't crucify me, but please let me know. Um, the AA-12, I believe, is was in the game around the time that the AA-12, I think, came out in real life. Uh, like I said, don't quote me on that. I might, I might, be, I might be wrong on that one. All you, gun, all you gun guys, y'all will probably know the answer to that better than me. But I think the AA-12 was a brand new gun in the world in real life. And so they, it made an appearance in Modern Warfare 2. If I'm wrong about that, I am sincerely sorry. I didn't think I was going to make this point, so I didn't research this point. But the AA-12, let me just say something. That was the first time I ever was... That was the first time I ever came across the AA-12 um, in a video game. Or, I mean, in real life. I've never even... I've seen an AA-12 in real life, but I've never actually kind of seen how it would, I guess, work um, if it wasn't for Modern Warfare 2 or 3. Um, and then, I mean, that thing would fly enemies across the map. I mean, you'd shoot them in the chest, and that was it. That's all you needed. they just fly across the map, and... I mean, you put a suppressor. I think you could have a suppressor on there. I don't remember exactly, but the A12 was definitely one of the shotguns that I remember using a lot in Modern Warfare 2, and I think it would be amazing to see the A12 uh, kind of make a comeback for Warzone and or uh, Modern Warfare. The A12 was a very unique. I mean, come on, it's a fully auto shotgun. I mean, I, I think in Warzone there is. I think there's an automatic shotgun, but I'm not interested. Um, if anything, I think semi-auto in Warzone. I actually don't think there's an, a fully automatic shotgun. But if there was, 
it needs to be the AA12. And I know a lot of you guys agree with me on that. I mean, the AA12 was a was a very uh, unique weapon. And like I said, it was the first time I was ever introduced to the existence of the AA-12. And I always thought it was a badass-looking gun. You put a fucking drum mag on there. It's a shotgun, fully automatic shotgun. I mean, it's just, it was OP. Not as OP as the 1887, I should say, but I don't know, actually. The 1887 was, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so moving on to uh, number four, I have the l 11 I don't know how to really say it. The L118A from Modern Warfare 3, which is pretty much the uh, Lapua, I guess. Um, that sniper in Modern Warfare 3 was definitely one of my favorite snipers to use um, in Modern Warfare. Um, that sniper, I think, was the first sniper I got to gold on Modern Warfare 3. I think I unlocked all the attachments for that, and I want to say... I don't remember how it was you got gold, man. I I gotta be honest with you. I I don't I don't remember. I haven't played Modern Warfare three since. I mean, we're talking the boom of a lot of YouTubers that we all know nowadays that are playing Call of Duty and you know that have played everything else. You know, like Wildcat, Vanoss, you know, Mini Lad. All of those guys started off playing like Modern Warfare two to three, and uh, Black Ops two is where they really got their uh, their boom. But you know what I mean. But the L uh, one, I don't know how to really say it. The L one eighteen A. I mean, that looks like it makes sense to me, so I'm gonna say it that way. But that was one of my favorite guns. I always like the bolt action snipers. I mean, what's more satisfying than when you have to load another chamber into the gun and the sound it makes is just, mm, it's one of the best sounds that you could ever, ever picture, or imagine. Um, but okay, so we're gonna okay, so we're gonna take another step into the sniper realm and we're going to talk about the most iconic sniper now i know i said the intervention was iconic but what's more iconic than the barrett 50 cal i mean we're talking modern warfare uh the first one that was the sniper everybody used i think people were using i think the dragonov was in there i don't remember all the snipers but I'll tell you one thing, the one sniper I do remember the most from the original Modern Warfare was the Barrett 50 Cal. That was, dude, that was one of the, <laughs> I mean, that was, that, that gun was a big deal in that game. Everybody, like I said, I think there was trick shotting. Um, and back then, I, I don't remember when I started playing uh, Modern Warfare online, I was maybe like, I think I was maybe like eight years old. I, I think I was that young. I don't I don't remember, but you know, I haven't I haven't played that game in so long online. So I don't remember all the classes and I don't remember what was going on in, you know, the online world when it can't when it comes to um modern warfare. But I know for a fact that the Barrett fifty cal was definitely one of the most iconic snipers. I mean, think about the mission all gillied up, right? I mean, yeah, you're rolling with uh, the EBR silenced, and and that's all fine and dandy, but think about it. When you finally get to the one-shot, one-kill part of the mission, I mean, you're using that, uh, you're using that Barrett 50 cal. And I mean, what, what's more, what's more memorable than, you know, blowing off that dude's arm, you know? Like, I, I forget, Zakaev, I think was his name, but, uh, hold on, I'm rearranging my keyboard. I got my fucking cables all fucking tangled up and shit but anyway yeah so just remember you know 
I just I just remember the one shot one kill mission. You know, you have to pay attention to the wind. You had to look at the flag, and then you had to aim for Zakaev. And then, like I said, I think that's his name. I don't remember, but I mean, you take that shot, and the most like that, that was like a, a really iconic sniper rifle, you know, sound effect. That if you hear anytime anywhere, you're like, dude, that's the sniper shot from uh, from Call of Duty right there. Uh, it was a very iconic sniper rifle, and I miss it. I mean, we got we got some pretty cool snipers in uh, Warzone right now, but nothing quite as cool as Barrett 50 Cal or the Intervention. So that's just me. But I would love to see the Barrett make a re uh, a resurrection or a comeback. But actually, I, I want to. Okay, so for the next one, we're we're on uh, we're on number six, by the way. So for the six gun, I'm actually going to bring out a, a pistol, a handgun. By the way, uh, I only have, uh, I'll just get to it. So one of my favorite pistols that I ever used in Modern Warfare uh, was in Modern Warfare 3, and it was the P99, the Walther. I think it was a Walther P99. I think that was the name of it. Dude, that pistol absolutely slayed. I'd put a suppressor on that thing. Um... I forget what other attachments you could actually put on it. Remember, it was a suppressor. I think you could put, like, a red dot on it. But, I, I, dude, like I said, I haven't played Modern Warfare 3 in so long, but I just, I loved the P99. The reload animation was so smooth. It felt really, like, clanky, you know. I don't know, dude, just something about the P99. It just looked sick. You put a fucking badass camo on there with a suppressor. Because, I'm okay, look, I'm the type of person that plays Warzone and... Call of Duty, a lot of tactical shooters. I play all of these games with suppressors. Like I, I'm a huge fan of stealth. Like you give me an opportunity to take something uh, stealthy, or if you give me an opportunity to let me kind of play out the situation stealthy, I will take it every time. Something about me, I'm just I'm not a big fan of confrontation. Yet I'm sitting here playing Warzone where I have to fight people constantly. But if I can sneak up on somebody, I usually will take the opportunity to, even though sometimes that kills me. I mean, I'm not, yes, I can sneak up, but I mean, it's only a matter of time until somebody turns around and sees you, you know what I mean? So, but I always run suppressors on all of my guns, almost all the time. I very rarely use one that's unsuppressed. And also another reason for that is just because when you're using a suppressor, you're not going to show up on the minimap. Um, if you're not using a suppressor, you show up on the minimap when you know people are shooting. And so somebody like me, when I'm playing Warzone, and I'm looking at the map as I'm you know going through the uh, the map and trying to figure out where I'm going to go, a lot of the times when I'm feeling aggressive or when I'm playing with my with my squad, and when I get aggressive, and we're all starting to get aggressive, we're just we're just praying. We're praying to see those red dots because that means that somebody is shooting at somebody else, and that gives us the perfect opportunity to third party. And, of course, that's dangerous because then we could talk about a fourth party, fifth party. I mean, it can go on forever. So that's why I like using suppressors. And I know a lot of people, a lot of you folks out there are using Ghost and Cold-Blooded. And I know y'all. a lot of people are using suppressors, too, for the same reason. You know, they're, they're not trying to really be seen on the map. And then there's some people that, you know... They, they run not having suppressors because they would like to take off the suppressor and use 
that extra slot for another attachment or something to kind of boost, you know, boost their gun to another level. You know, it could be accuracy, range, control, mobility. They'd rather sacrifice, you know, the suppressor for that because they're going to play a little more aggressive, which to be honest, I haven't actually tried yet. I haven't tried to play like that aggressive to where um, I don't have a suppressor, but I just, I can't help it. I mean, it, not having suppressor is kind of going out of my comfort zone, even though like when we're dropping in and you pick up random guns and stuff like that. Yeah. I'll pick up an M4 anytime because it's reliable. And you know, if I find a gun, like, like, you know how sometimes you'll open up one of the orange crates and a, and a foul will come out and it's got a suppressor with, I think a three, uh, 3.5, optic with a little red dot on top of it um i will usually trade out the m4 for that and then i'll run the fal at least until i can get my load out but like i said for the most part i try to run suppressors not having su suppressors is kind of out of my comfort zone but you know sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to survive I i'm a suppressor and a sneaky stealthy guy that's how i've always played games i think that comes from me playing splinter cell the very first one back when i was a kid and i just i love that game i love that that splinter cell game i love stealthing around and sneaking around keeping in the dark and i think that kind of that kind of that part of playing the game i think that part of me just kind of stuck with me everywhere i went um so anytime i you know like stealth games like dishonored and stuff like that i always always try to stealth it so stealth has been a part of me for a very long time so that's why all of my guns have suppressors on them 99 percent of the time the only guns that won't have a suppressor will be like the pistol a pistol maybe won't have a suppressor but i how often do you really pull out your pistol every now and then you have to but it's pretty rare if you do um so where were we at we were at the p99 uh, yeah, so that was one of my favorite pistols. I remember, I remember the map. Um, it was the map that I think took place in France. Uh, I don't remember that map. I don't remember the name of it, but it, it was also one of the maps that you could do in special ops. It was like a France map. The buildings, there was a lot of white buildings. There was cars in the streets. It was kind of like the, the Modern Warfare 2019 Piccadilly version of this Modern Warfare 3 map. And like I said, I don't remember the name of it, but that map, I had a I had a spot where I would camp with those. Yes, I camped, okay? Judge me. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I would I would run those P99s, and I think I'd run them dual-wielded or I think like an extended mag. I don't exactly remember, but those P99s were deadly, man. I, I loved it. And I always played hardcore too. So that was another thing. P99 was just one of those satisfying pistols to get kills with and i loved it i absolutely loved it so okay so moving on from the p99 uh we're still in the modern warfare 3 realm and we're talking about the msr sniper now that one was I, i'm not gonna say it was iconic but i think that was the sniper in modern warfare 3 that grabbed a lot of people's attention it just looked the coolest it had the coolest like modern futuristic look the AS50 kind of looked a little weird to me, um, and I know I know it did to a lot of other people because I remember everybody was using MSR. And I think what was really cool about the MSR, if I remember correctly, uh, the MSR actually said Remington on the sniper, and that was one of those cool factors, you know, because you know Remington is a very you know 
very well-known brand, you know? So being able to see one of those popular brands in a game, and as far as I remember or know, what other game says Remington on it? You know what I mean? Like maybe hunting games. I don't know. That's I don't play that shit. But as far as Call of Duty goes, I remember Modern Warfare 3 was pretty cool. And, and some of the guns in that game were really cool because they said Remington on the side. And it happened to be like just some of my favorite guns. I think like one of them was the CM901, which is kind of like that M4 looking gun. I think that one said Remington on it. I think the ACR said Remington. And I know for a fact, almost 100, I'm like 99% sure the MSR also said uh, Remington on uh, the Sniper and Modern Warfare 3. That was one of those guns where a lot of people that, I mean, I saw like that was the 50 cal and the intervention of Modern Warfare 3. Actually, you know what? I think, oh no, the 50 cal was in Modern Warfare 3, but I think, um, I think people really gravitated towards the MSR and Modern Warfare 3 because it had that futuristic look. It looked a lot more different than the other snipers we were used to seeing. Um, the L-118A was in Modern Warfare 3. That one was a very, you know, that's like, I think that was the sniper that uh, that uh, Chris Kyle had in the movie. I could be wrong about that one too, but... I know the Lapua is a really popular sniper rifle, and it was one of my favorites, like in Black Ops. I know that that sniper was uh, in that game. That was one of my favorite ones to use. Uh, so the L-118A was in Modern Warfare 3. The Barrett 50 Cal was in Modern Warfare 3. But then you look at the MSR uh, in Modern Warfare 3. That was, like I said, I mean, compared to the other sniper rifles, this one just had a different look. It had a different feel. It, the, it just looked futuristic. It, it looked badass. It had... It said fucking Remington on the side. It was just such a cool sniper rifle. And, um, and you know, the MSR, I think there's a really close similarity. Well, I know I know there's a really close similarity to the MSR in, uh, in Modern Warfare now for Warzone. But something about the MSR just had its, you know, it had its iconic look and futuristic feel. And, yeah, the, the snipers in Warzone kind of have that too. But... I don't know. Those snipers just kind of weird me out. I'm just maybe it's just because I'm not too good at sniping. Maybe that's why I'm a little skeptical about it. But the MSR was definitely one of my favorite snipers to use in the uh, in Modern Warfare Three. And I think that if they brought back the MSR, and if probably not going to be able to say Remington on it, but if they were able to bring back the MSR and being able to see the Remington on the side of it again, I think it would be really fucking cool. So. That's actually all the snipers on the list. And so for the last one I have on the list um, is uh, from Modern Warfare 2 and 3. And it's the G18. I mean, what I, I mean, what more? What's another iconic pistol that you can name from previous Modern Warfares? Yeah, the Deagle, the Raging Bull, I think is what they called it. The Revolver, the 44 Magnum. I'm thinking of Rainbow Six. <laughs> the first Rainbow Six, the revolver was called Raging Bull. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but the 44 Mag and the Deagle were probably the two most iconic uh, pistols in Modern Warfare. But the G18 was also, to me, one of the most iconic pistols because it was a fully automatic, you know, Glock. And I loved that gun. I loved it so much. Put a suppressor on that thing, too, with the red dot. Oh, man. 
it was over, at least for me. I loved that gun, the G18. And uh, I know a lot of people did too. Um, and it kind of sucks because the X18 or the X12, I forget what the pistol is called in Warzone, um, the pistol that you start off with in the game. I, I know it's the X something, but that gun, when I was leveling it up in Modern Warfare and Warzone, I really thought that the last trigger was going to let that gun become a fully automatic. Uh, I was going to let it be a fully auto. Um, and, <coughs> excuse me, I was wrong about that. And I was like, damn, I was like, dude, it would be nice to almost recreate the G18 again, but I haven't, you know, I don't think there's anything to make that pistol a fully auto yet, because now that we're able to put like five attachments on a, on a, on a weapon at all times, that's amazing. So I would love to have extended mag with a laser, with a suppressor and a red dot, maybe throw a perk on there for like frangible disabling or something like that. Just having all of that in one pistol, like the G18, would just I would just feel like I had so much power. And I, I would love that. I would love to have the G18 back. Um, that was one of those that was one of those guns uh, in Modern Warfare 2 that I used a lot. That, I think that was actually my go-to sidearm for most of my guns that I wasn't running overkill with. Because um, a lot of the times I would run two assault rifles or run an assault rifle and an SMG. I don't exactly remember. But the G18 was one of the pistols that I would use all the time. And it's definitely one of my favorites. And I just, I, I wish a lot of these guns would make a comeback. It would be super awesome to see these guns again. And, you know, maybe they'll bring them back. So, I don't know. We'll just have to keep our hopes up. And they're always adding in new shit. So, it's cool that they brought back the M9. Because uh, had they not brought back the M9, that'd probably be one of the pistols uh, on the list here. Because... For a minute, I was like, dude, they don't have the M9 on here. They have, you know, the Deagle, they have a 44, but I was like, dude, one of the, I was like, the M9 was like one of the, you know, one of the, I, I'm not going to say iconic. I'm getting kind of tired of saying the word, but M9 was like one of the common pistols throughout the game. So I don't know, but I'm glad they brought it back. So I'm excited about that. SKS, eh, I'm not a big fan of the SKS, to be honest. But that's actually going to complete the list there. So I'll go over them again real quick. So we have the Vector from Modern Warfare 2. And I think it was in 3 as well. The Intervention. Um, the AA-12. L-118A. Or the Lapua, I guess, is what you're going to call it. Uh, the Barrett 50 Cal. P-99. MSR Sniper. G-18. I mean, that's a pretty good lineup, I'd say. Now, I, I know what you're probably thinking, like, that's it. Those are the guns you picked. And trust me, I'm surprised too. I went through all the guns in the past games and actually a lot of the guns. Most of the guns in all of those games are actually in Modern Warfare or that you can make like with the gunsmith. You can actually make those guns in Modern Warfare. So I'm trying to pick these guns that are clearly like for dead fact not in Modern Warfare. Like for example, the CM901, which was like my favorite assault rifle. And uh, in Modern Warfare 3, technically we have the CM901 uh, on uh, on Warzone, and it's the uh, it's one of the the M4 uh, gunsmith variations. I forget what it's called. It's got the Predator barrel. It's uh, it's kind of like a like a orangish gold type of color, and that's that's what it reminds me of. I think that's what that gun was like, kind of meant to be. Um, I could be wrong, 
but I'm pretty sure it's that one. So uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and segue over to uh, another another topic I want to talk about, and that is finding your best loadout. And uh, here's the thing, you know, you go on YouTube, you go to the search bar and you type in, you know, what is the best loadout or what is the best gun for a war zone? And it's like, to be honest, I now I personally, I'm going to sound a little hypocritical here, but I honestly think that it's the M13. I think the M13 is honestly the best assault rifle in the game. And I know a lot of people are using the MP7, okay, for one, because the MP7 has the fire rate. The fire rate pretty much smokes most of the guns that uh that you know come across it um so then now it comes down to okay well if that person's using the mp7 and i'm using the m13 okay now either two things are going to happen because both guns are really powerful absolute like shredders both of those guns are shredders so now it's going to come down to this one thing and that's going to be accuracy well maybe maybe two things accuracy and precision because in the trade-off, right, that person's using the MP7, I'm using the M13. Now it depends who's going who's gonna to come out on top now because they need to be just as accurate as I need to be because all I need to do is get my gun, all I need to do is put rounds on him. If I can shoot him in the head, that's going to be way more powerful than what he would be able to do vice versa because think about it of course okay like let me let me let me back up a second okay the whole point of having an smg and an assault rifle is that they balance out they have to at some point right and that's where your attachments come into play and your perks and of course your your actual physical skill and aim and precision because you have fire rate over a slower fire rate, okay? Now, that's going to put the MP7 at a higher advantage than the M13 fire rate-wise, right? Okay, well, now you have damage. The MP7 is going to do less damage. The M13 is going to do more damage. So it's kind of like when you're in the trade-off, you know, what's going to come out on top? What's going to be the determining variable on who wins that gunfight? Okay, well, it's going to be accuracy and precision. You need to hit your target effectively, and quickly right now the problem is, is there's that you know there's that balance that that the that the base guns have now you throw one on attachments you throw on accuracy range you know control because once you start shooting at somebody you're going to be missing you know sometimes sometimes you'll be missing sometimes you won't so now it just now it just depends are you going to land more shots on that guy or is he going to land more shots on you with the mp7 and you don't want him the mp7 to land more shots on you you get what i'm saying because more shots is going to hurt more but if i land most of my shots on him i'm doing way more damage but he's just doing less damage over a faster fire rate so it's just one of those things like i've argued with friends over the mp7 and the m13 and i, I know the the gru gure i don't know what that gun is i, I haven't used it but it's the last assault rifle you unlock. I know a lot of people are using that gun too. And I know that gun's good too. Um, I see a lot of people actually sacrificing an optic for an extra attachment to make the gun more deadly. Which, to, for me personally, I'm not willing to do. But I understand why they're doing it. I just, I need the optic, man. I, I can't, I can't, 
I'm not a big fan of iron sights, man. I, I just, I can't, I can't deal with it. I like to have a red dot or a scope or being able to see, I mean, see a little bit further. I just, I don't know. I, Cause when it comes down to the iron sights, when you start shooting, you're seeing the smoke and the sparks and the explosions from the gun right in front of the iron sight that you're aiming at. So then now that's going to cut off your vision to the enemy behind. And it's, it's just, for me, it's a pain in the ass. I can't, I can't, I'm not willing to sacrifice an optic for an extra attachment, but you know, it's all about trying to figure out, you know, what gun are you going to use? That's going to give you everything that you need to fit your skill level because you could be a great sniper, right? You could be a great sniper. You could pick up, you know, one of the snipers and just dome people from a thousand yards away. Real Chris Kyle shit. You could. And I know there's people out there. I've seen clips of people on Instagram. Um, Maybe they're not doing that all the time, but they're generally good shots. They understand the bullet. uh, They understand the bullet drop and the distance and all that shit. I personally suck at sniping. I, I'm I'm trash. When I pick up a sniper, about maybe two out of ten games that if I ever pick out a sniper, I'll get a kill with it. So, but let's say, okay, this person is just really skilled with the sniper. Okay, give this man an MP7. This dude is, what if he's trash with the MP7 up close, but he's he's looking for, he's typing it on YouTube, what is the best loadout, Right? Okay, this person says, yeah, the best loadout's going to be an MP7 with suppressor, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, now this person who's clearly a gifted sniper is going to give this weapon a shot because he's tired of maybe racking up five kills per game because when you're sniping, you're not too confrontational. So, okay, that being said, this man is going to try out the MP7, and he's just trash. He's just trash with the MP7. So then he's going to go back to his sniper rifle, and now that person who gave him that advice is going to seem kind of, you know, like not trustworthy. So when I say finding your best loadout, you need to understand where your skills, where your skills are at. You need to know, are you deadly at a long range, medium range, close range? I mean, like, what what's your plan of action here? Like, well, like, what are your habits when you play the game, right? Because if your habit is being aggressive and always pushing and then you kind of retreat to heal back up and then push again okay well then in that case you might want something like the mp7 or the m13 or something very kind of medium to long range but also close quarter combat you know you're trying to find a balance of the three okay because now you have snipers in the hills trying to snipe at you and what if you have absolutely no way out and you have to try to fight them okay well that's when you want a gun that can perform at a long range mp7 is probably not going to be the best way to go there that's why i like using the m13 because for me it's deadly pretty much in all three categories long range medium and close quarters that's just me so like for my best loadout that's why i use the m13 but let's say you the listener let's say you're like okay well i don't really like to play aggressive i like to kind of wait it out and then maybe maybe third party after you know things are done or I'll fight if I have to fight. You know what I mean? Or let's say, like, you know, again, you're deadly at a long range. Okay, well, maybe you should look into something like a marksman rifle or a sniper rifle. Then, okay, so now you know what uh, what, what gun you're going to use, right? So that's what I mean by finding your best loadout is figuring out where your skill points are, apply them, 
or not apply them. Figure out where your skills are, evaluate, and then kind of understand what each gun has to offer. So, okay, so you found your assault rifle, your sniper, for whatever type of engagements you're going to be doing, right? Long range, medium, a little bit of both, a little bit of all of them. Or maybe you end up being top 10 every time, and so you want something close quarters, and that's where a shotgun would come into play, right? So let's say you, you figure out, okay, this is going to be the gun I'm going to be most deadly with. Okay, so play around with attachments, you know, scopes, suppressors, barrels. Um, me and a lot of other people in the game love the 60-round mags because we can just unload, absolutely just unload, and not have to worry about reloading every so often. Like, every now and then, I kind of go in between the uh, the blackout rounds for the M13 and the 60-round mags because the M13 uh, blackout rounds kind of give you extra damage. So sometimes I'm kind of like, me personally, I feel like sometimes I'm just like, dude, if I just had, if I just had a little bit more damage, I could have killed him, right? Because so, when I sometimes... You know, you lose engagements. There's no way you're going to win them all. But I'll lose an engagement sometimes. And it's just like, dude, I was so close to downing that guy. Like, I, I just know he had a sliver of health left. And it's like, ah, dude, in that situation, in that situation, the blackout rounds would have been perfect because that extra damage would have just got him. That extra damage would have just finished him off. So it's just that balance, man. See, in, in something like that, it, it's just... It's, it's like, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting excited. <laughs> so let me, let me, let me, let me back up for a second. So it's, it's, it's about, like I said, finding what you're going to be comfortable with. So yeah, those, those 30, those, the, the downside to the, the extra damage rounds, the blackout is that now you have a 30 round mag. Okay. So yeah, now you're doing extra damage. Okay. But but what's going to happen if if that man ha if that dude has a 60 round mag and you not you're not hitting like sometimes you're not going to hit every shot right so now you've missed you know maybe 10 maybe 10 sh maybe 10 shots and now you're down 10 shots and those 20 rounds you're not going to you know those 20 rounds may not you know kill him depending on how the distance and everything. And so now you're at a disadvantage because that dude doesn't have to stop to reload now. He can just keep shooting you. Now that you're reloading, you're vulnerable. And due to the 12 millisecond delay that apparently uh, Modern Warfare servers have, you know, that could be that could be the end of you right there, uh, given that that guy's aim and accuracy doesn't suck shit. So, so for me, I'm always having an internal battle of like, dude, should I run the 30 rounds or the 60? And when I say the 30 rounds, of course, I mean the blackouts, right? So, but then it's kind of like, okay, well, if you run the 30 rounds, you know, you're going to want to practice, you know, your accuracy and, and your precision because then, you know, if you land most of your shots, hopefully reloading shouldn't be a problem. But you get excited, you get the adrenaline in you. Now you're, now you're playing a little more loosely. So the 30, the 30 black shot, blackout rounds, sorry. The, the blackout rounds are a kind of a risk to use. Sorry, I just bumped the microphone. So, like I said, so trying to find your loadout is, is going to take some time, but but I don't want to push... Like I said, I'm, I'm coming off hypocritical a little bit because I'm telling you that I think the best 
assault rifle is the M13, and that I would love for you to try it. But like I said, you're going to want to try to find the, the right weapons that are going to suit your skills. So, okay, you found, you found your assault rifle, you found your sniper. Okay, well, now what's next? Your sidearm. Okay, so that's going to be another, you know, skill-based thing. Are you going to, are you going to be sniping and then you're going to be kind of an aggressor at the same time too? Because if that's the case, then you're going to want to run overkill and have an SMG or an AR with you with the sniper. I have buddies that run in my squad. They, um, they run a sniper and an SMG and I'm not that way. I run the assault rifle and a sidearm. Um, but that's just how I play it. I could probably do um, assault rifle and an SMG, but the problem with me is, like I said, I love, I love playing like I I don't want to say like stealthy because it's kind of hard to be a stealthy type of person, type of player in the game due to the fact that you have to worry about a lot of other people camping and other squad mates trying to figure out where you are and you have to try to finish them sometimes. So playing stealthy is a little tricky in Warzone. So I try to be like stealthy but aggressive at the same time. So yeah, for me, an assault rifle like my M13 with a suppressor and all that shit would make a lot of sense. But for my sidearm, an SMG would probably make sense too. But the problem is, is I don't want people calling in a UAV and now they see my red dot and now I don't know where they're coming from. You know what I mean? Because they have an advantage over you now if they call in a UAV and see your red dot. They know where you are. So every time you hear, you know, the announcer guy, hey, UAV coming in, it's like, okay, well, are they are they going to be coming after me now? So a person like me, I don't want that. I don't want to be known until I want to be known. You know what I mean? There's going to be times, of course, where, you know, I get I get discovered or, you know, I stumble upon somebody. That's just the nature of the beast. But for the most part, I can I can come across somebody before they know I'm there. So then now it's about, okay, how do I go about engaging this person? So that's a I have another uh, I have another topic for that um, here in a bit. So. So, so, so now you kind of see like where the perks come into play now too, right? Because if you run overkill, now you lost your ghost. So now you're available or you're, you're, you're being able to be seen on the radar and, uh, AI targeting systems. But in Warzone, the only AI, I think targeting system, I think is the UAV. So, so you, you get what I'm saying there. So now that the perks make a little more sense, cold blooded for me works a lot better because I don't want. You know, you know how many times I've been sniped because people are using. I mean, how many? Think about it. Every time you come across somebody who's sniping, what type of what type of scope are they using? Most of the time, it's a thermal. So I don't want to be seen. I don't even want to be known. Sometimes that's inevitable, but for the most part, I can kind of control when I want to be seen, and that's what I like. I kind of like having control over. That's a fucking jet outside. Excuse me? Wow, okay. Well, I'm sorry for that interruption. But, uh, I think some, uh, some fighter jets just flew above, uh, my apartment. That's great. So, anyway, that threw me off track. Um, 
what was I saying? Uh, yeah, so the perks, right? So that's where perks come into play because now, now that you don't have, now that you got rid of your, your, um, your ghost, okay, well now you're vulnerable to the UAV and stuff like that. So I think I already covered most of that. Like I said, the fighter jets that just flew over my fucking home. I don't, it was known that they were going to be, it was known that they were going to be flying around my area. Um, but I didn't think they were going to be flying this close. That sounded badass, though. I, if you heard it, dude, that sounded fucking sick. So that's pretty cool. Um, anyway, so let's move on to... Okay, I have a strategy. I have a strategy that I want to share with you guys that uh, maybe a player like like uh, like myself, maybe a player like... Maybe you're this type of player that I am, right? So I just kind of told you how I play. I play a little slower I don't try to be aggressive. The only time I'm really like aggressive, aggressive is with if as if I'm with my uh, my squad. I'm at my strongest when it comes to aggression when I'm with my squad. If I'm doing like solos or something, forget it. I, I'm I can't. It's too much to try to observe to try to find one person. You know what I mean? Because you find one person in a squad. Okay, you know in that general area there's going to be maybe two or three more people. So it's a little easier to kind of plan out what we're going to do and be a little aggressive that way. But when it comes to solos, it's a little tricky because there's a lot of people. They're crouch walking, you know? They're crouch walking. They're they're sneaking around. And the next thing you know, bam! You're fucking dead because this bitch was hiding behind a fucking dumpster and you're sneaking around trying to loot up or some shit. You don't know how many times that's happened to me. I'm still trying to figure out the strategy for that. And I kind of have... I kind of have a strategy for it. So I'm going to share that with you guys. So I call this strategy the corner of the room strategy, right? The reason why I call that is because there's, I know there's a lot of people like me or a lot of people in the world that, you know, and it's also, it's also a survival tactic. I, I've, I've seen it used in a lot of survival tactics, right? Let's say like how many times have you, if you're in school or if you were in school or currently still in school, right? How many of y'all love sitting in the back of the room? I loved it. I like being in the back of the room because for me, it's just more comfortable for me. Now, a lot of the times it was more comfortable for me because, you know, I kind of, you know, I can kind of sneak my phone. I can sneak a snack. You know what I mean? So this, what I'm trying to say here is when you're in the corner of the room or you're in the back of the room, you can observe everything. You know what's going on around you at all times. You have your eye on the door. So if somebody comes in, boom, you know somebody comes in, you know your teacher's on the left side, you know, at the whiteboard, you know this fucking shit fuck over here is trying to send a dick pic in the middle of class. You know what I mean? Like, if you're in the corner of the room, you know and see everything around you. So, if that analogy makes sense, which I hope it does, I think it does, now let's apply it to Warzone. Let's say you drop in, you drop in, let's say, uh... Let's let's okay, let's use TV station for an example. If you look at TV station just to the upper left, there's a road that kind of curves like a like a spaghetti, you know, it, it kind of curves. So, let's say you land on that mountain. Let's say like you're a sniper, right? Like sometimes like for sniper, you know, if I want to try out a sniper or something, this is what I'll do. I'll go into a plunder game mode and I'll and I'll drop right outside of uh right on the outskirts of TV station on that hill that I'm talking about. And I'll camp up there with the sniper 
and I can see everything. When I zoom in, I can see, depending on how powerful the scope is, of course, I can see everything that's going around a TV station. I can see, for one, the entirety of the TV station, and I can see around the corners, I can see past it, I can see to the left, and I can see to the right. So let's say you're shooting at somebody on the roof of TV station, and they disappear behind the wall, you know? Okay, well, what what's the move here? Well, okay, if you're going to be aiming at TV station, you know for a fact that if this man tries to leave TV station, there's only a few, there's only four directions he can go. He can either go to your left and retreat out towards the woods that way. He can either retreat right towards the buildings that I think take you towards downtown. He can retreat, uh, retreat past TV station from where you're looking, which that would be kind of an issue because now you can't really see him that well. But or he could retreat towards you, not knowing that that's where you're at. So do you see what I mean when I say the corner of the room strategy can be applied here? Because if you're aiming at this guy and you know exactly where this guy is, I mean, even apply this to like a house and you're on the hill, you're, you're in the, you're on the hills and you see this dude in the house. Okay. Well, the house is a lot more easier to observe than the TV station because the house only has a few exits and the house is way more tiny so if you have that house in your field of view the entirety of it okay well now you can track this guy because all you have to do is wait to see where this guy is going to go next and then you just wait for a window of opportunity that's that's how i play so like there's uh there's a part in the map i it doesn't have a name but it's kind of in the middle of the map there's the there's the frozen river that comes down and on the on the upper right side there's those line of houses that kind of follow the road and the river down towards TV station. I always drop in that little area. And in that area, I think you can find like the police station. Uh, you can find um, one of the bigger barracks buildings. And there's little houses here and there. But it's also surrounded by hills and rocks. So whenever I drop in solo, most of the time I can get a good start because I apply that same strategy to the game right so like i said i drop in and hopefully i can at least loot up a little bit and not really run into everybody i'll retreat up into the woods and now i'll kind of start scouting around okay well what, what do i got going on around me okay well i know that house hasn't been hit and i know that house hasn't been hit oh wait i see a guy okay he ran into that house okay so now you're you're kind of circling him kind of like a vulture right so you're kind of you're just staying in the woods you're going to rotate around staying in the woods rotate around to get a better view and let's say you come into the perfect spot now you have the entirety of the house in view and now you're, you're not sure how to how you're going to want to push this which a lot of the times i'm not sure how i'm going to push this either because i'm waiting for a, a window of opportunity to really catch him with his pants down right because you don't want to shoot him if he appears in the window for like maybe five seconds, right? Because as soon as you start shooting at him, it's like you got to be really precise, really accurate from a pretty decent, you know, range, depending on how far you are. Like if you know you can kill him or down him and that from that range and with the gun you're using, you're absolutely confident. I would say take the shot, do it, take it, take the shot. But if you're using a gun with like no suppressor, like if you find like a base M4 or maybe like a, like a M, what is what is the one of the LMGs? Not the RPK or the the PKP. It's it's the other one. It's a, it's the American one. I forget what it's called. The M91, I think. Um, let's say you picked up that gun. Okay, well you know for a fact that gun's gonna have some pretty 
pretty wild recoil. So being accurate and precise with that gun at a decent range isn't going to be what you're going to want to use to finish that guy. So, okay, well, what do you do then? Well, for me, if I'm in that situation, I got a gun that I know is not too, too accurate, but I know I can kill him if I get the right opportunity, right? So what I'll do is I'll just wait. I'll just kind of watch him, see what he's doing, and maybe sometimes you'll see an extra dude. You'll see another guy come in, and I'm talking kind of more or less like solos, right? So you're looking at this one guy, and then you see another guy come in, and he runs in the building. You're like, oh, shit, it's about to go down. They're about to fight. So so now you're like, okay, well, what's going to happen now? You know they're gonna, one of them's going to be weak. They might kill each other. You don't know. But most of the time that doesn't happen. But now you know, okay, well, one of them's going to be weak, so now you just got to wait for a window of opportunity. Now, a lot of the times, people will run. So in that time of running, if you can catch them in an area where there's absolutely no cover for them, like if they run across the street and they really can't do anything, that's probably a good opportunity to open fire. If they run into another building, just be patient. Just wait it out. And hopefully nobody has a thermal by this point because sometimes I've gotten taken out by somebody using a thermal. I'm not even looking at this douchebag. But you know what I mean? So it's 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 all about like for me and my advice to maybe somebody who has my type of play style is you're like I, I like to know where everybody and everything is at as much as I can. It's impossible to know it at all times, every time. It's just how it is because sometimes I'll look at a guy and I'm like, Okay, I know he's in that building and you think you kind of know exactly where he's gonna go and you can see where he could go, right? Because you could see past to the left, you can see past to the right. You can see all that, but then you're like, dude, where is this guy? And then, you know, time goes on. You're already having to move for circle. And then you're like, dude, I guess this guy bolted. And you just never saw it. You know, you just, you never saw it. And it happens. Sometimes it happens. But like I said, most of the time, my play style, I like to try to know where everything is as much as I can, because that gives me time to kind of understand, like, what is this guy going to do? Where's he going to go? And sometimes he'll get himself into like one of those little small buildings that have like one window and one door. And there may be like, it's like a 20, 20 square foot little building, you know? And if he gets in that, that's usually like when I'll push because he's got nowhere to go. He's only got one window and one door to jump out of. And usually those type of buildings, there's not a lot of cover around him. So you corner him in there. Now he's forced to fight, and if he tries to run, you can get him because he's really got nowhere to go. So that's the reason why I call it the corner of the room strategy because just like when I was in school, and I know a lot of people are like this too, it's it's a survival tactic because let's think about it like this, right? You go in like with the crazy world how it is nowadays. You go to a movie theater. For me, I I can't help but pay attention to okay, well, who do I got around me? I got two exit signs. I got two exits on that side. And, you know, I, I kind of like to see, I, I sit where I can see people coming in to the theater. It's a weird way to live. That's just how I do it. It's, it's just a comfort thing. Like I said, I, I've always been like that. Like in school, if I was able to get the back of the room, I was so, I was glad because I could see everything. I can kind of hide things if I wanted to, you know what I mean? Like fucking snacks, food, drinks, all that. So when I kind of realized that that's what I was doing in Warzone and I can get a decent amount of kills and pretty and, and I can uh, progress deep into the game and, you know, come out at least top 10 most of the times and get a few wins here and there. Like I realized that this strategy is a really good way to play the game as well. So 
give it a shot, man. I, I would say I'd say definitely give it a shot. You know, uh, like I said, it's the I call it the corner of the room strategy. Uh, you just you try to observe as much as you can, and sometimes you have no you have no choice but to push. So if that's the case, then you know now it now it now it's become a different game. Now you're not paying attention to what's all around you. Now you're paying attention to okay, I need to kill this guy, otherwise I'm dead. And then you don't want that. So that's when you're at your most vulnerable too, because you know maybe this guy knows where you're at, and then or maybe this guy's teammate's gonna come up the stairs, and you're not looking at the stairs because you're worried about this guy down the hall into the next room, and you're afraid he's gonna peek out. So that's a mistake I make pretty often. But it's gonna it's gonna be a hard one. It's it's. But like I said, you just gotta just you gotta figure out what loadout you're going to be more successful with, what you're going to be comfortable with, what perks you're going to be comfortable with if you don't care about, you know, being seen on thermal or the UAV because maybe you're more hyperactive. You're always moving, which is always a good thing. If I was like that, I would definitely play it that way. Like if I wasn't going to use cold-blooded or thermal, I would definitely play that way. I'd be moving constantly, try to get different cover, move to another building and another thing, right? Another main thing, another tip that you've probably heard from thousands of other people. If you're going to be sniping, don't stay in one spot. Be, sniping in one spot is dangerous, very dangerous because if somebody sees you sniping from that one position and you're not moving every few shots or so, it could be game over if that person's a really good shot. And in my experience, a lot of people are pretty good shots when people are standing still. So that's just something to think about. But uh, the corner of the room strategy is a strategy I kind of put together in my head and, you know, kind of thought about it and realized that, you know, it applies. It, it can apply to anything, you know. And uh, for me, it really applies to Modern Warfare Warzone. And I have a lot of fun playing the game. And I know you do, too. So, you know, with that being said, um, we covered everything for today's podcast um this is a new podcast that i'm starting i'm really excited for it um in the in the future i will be doing video i haven't had i don't have my camera set up just yet for this but i will be doing a warzone podcast uh maybe maybe once a week maybe once every two weeks I, i'm not sure yet but i i, I do want to start a warzone podcast because right now and i've been pretty obsessed with warzone for the past however many months it's been out and I don't really see a stop in playing it. I don't really see a stop in talking about it. I love talking about Warzone to my friends, to my girlfriend, even though she doesn't know shit about the game. But you know what I mean? Like, I just love playing it. I love talking about it. So I figured I want to make a Warzone podcast where we can talk about strategies, fun things to do, maybe cover some fails, cover some game clips from you, the community, you know, all that type of stuff. So if you... In fact, enjoyed the podcast. If you if you listen to it all, for one, thank you very much. I mean, this is my first podcast. I, I hope y'all are watching and enjoying it more than anything. Um, so, lastly but not least, uh, let me let me plug my socials again for you guys, uh, and then I'll let y'all get out of here. So you can find me at Instagram and Twitter under the name Badger, all caps underscore nineteen ninety nine with another underscore. After it, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash badger underscore 1999 with another underscore. And same thing with YouTube, badger underscore 1999 underscore. And that is all of my socials. Um, be sure to, if you want to support the podcast, please consider uh, clicking on the Patreon link down in the uh, description, show notes, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
any type of support would be really appreciated. Um, this is something I definitely want to do long term. Warzone, Call of Duty, you name it. Um, this is definitely, like I said, something I want to do long term. So you'll definitely be seeing more of these podcasts in the future. Uh, next podcast, we're probably going to be talking about uh, Plunder um, and if it's underrated or not. I personally think Plunder is underrated. I think it's a lot of fun, but we'll do that in the next episode of the Warzone podcast. I don't have a name for it for this yet, by the way. So for right now, it's just the Warzone podcast. But uh, thank you guys so much for watching and uh, y'all have a super awesome Warzone fucking warrior killing day. Peace out.